Hello and welcome to Tea O'Clock. With Kella. Bring your tea. And leave with more. Hola, welcome to episode 22. In person again. Yay! And today we're doing a big version of what we're consuming because we've been reading a lot, watching a lot. So we've got a lot to do with it and we couldn't decide what to do just one thing on. So So we thought we'd just do everything. So it's been more of a chatty, chill we could end up talking about anything Literally. at this rate. So. I mean, things that we are going to talk about, Rocketman, yep. Shadow and Bones, yep. um, what did we just say? Dorian. Yes, Dorian The Midnight Gray. Library. Yes, exactly. Anything that yeah, we Things will consumed. just pop up. <laughs> I mean, are there any, I don't know, I was going to say, do we have a mini what we're consuming as tradition to start off with of things that we might not talk so much about or we just uh, going okay. for everything? I'll... I don't know. Maybe all the temp. We can attempt a couple of things. Okay, okay. Potentially, okay. So, my what I've been reading, my yeah. mum sent me a book oh. in the post, which was a really nice surprise oh. on Sunday. She sent me Neil Gaiman's The Graveyard Book. Oh, yeah, which I saw never, you were reading that. Which I'd never heard of before. So, I opened it and I sat in the garden for like an hour and a yeah. half reading it. Oh. And it's just a really fun book about this boy mm. who is. His whole family was killed by this man called Jack. And he was, oh. as a baby, escaped into this graveyard. Yeah. And the ghost saved him uh. and are raising him mm. in this graveyard. And then it's, so he's mm. living and dying and yeah. in this weird liminal state. But okay. it's kind of cool. And I've just realised I need to turn off my notifications. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so that's something kind of fun and light to oh. read. Yeah, Neil Gaiman is just amazing. He is very good. I haven't read that much or seen that much of his stuff, but yeah, what no, I have is top tier. Top notch. Yeah. So, oh. I've been watching Gilmore Girls oh. in the mornings as I wake myself up and get myself very ready nice. for the day. So, yeah. it's just a comfort mm. program that probably rewatched about three times. I love that. <laughs> and what have I been listening to? I was listening to some jazz this morning. Oh, background was, jazz. Yeah, yeah. whilst I was doing... You've been looking at my Spotify. So, yeah, I guess that's my mini what I'm consuming. Oh, that's nice. Yay, Yay. Cat tradition. I love looking at what you're listening to on Spotify. It's and so much then fun. I just listen to it. Oh, and yesterday I listened to all of Georgina's favourite songs. Did from you? From her Kerry playlist. Oh. So that was good. She still hasn't. I hope she listens to this episode because she still hasn't listened to mine. And this is her warning. Oh, my day. Excuse me. Well, she listened to the 25 yeah. and not to the next. She listened to the top three and put her off. So. <laughs> you can definitely tell that the two of your music tastes are very different. Yeah, and I yours like is very they, in the middle. They suit my two moods. Yeah. Which is really helpful. George's is if you're like, ugh, and mine is like, so I think I found some good friends in you guys <laughs> that I could just pick your music taste depending on what yeah. mood I'm in. Oh. Your turn. Okay, well, I did start reading yesterday Sweeney Todd, the original thing, mm-hmm. which I didn't even know was a book. Neither. I just thought it was a movie and musical and one got turned to the other. Mm-hmm. So I started reading that and I don't really like it so far because oh. it's quite slow and I just haven't really gotten into mm-hmm. it yet. And I think especially coming from having seen the musical quite a few times and then reading it and it's just sad without the songs. Oh, no. I'm just waiting for the songs. So, yeah, but I'll get back to you on how I find that. 
and then I have been watching oh I don't know if I said this before I, I told you but I don't know on here uh, the hit list which Marvin and Michelle Humes host I have been loving that recently it is very good it's so fun I just love being able to guess all the songs if you've not seen it it's on iPlayer and it's just a guessing game for songs and you hear a bit of it and yeah, it's just so nice and chill to have on in the evening. Mm. I've been watching it Saturday nights. And listening... Oh, what have I been listening to? I don't know. I listened to Showman episode 8 of the Glee yep. recap. I listened to that earlier. And I'm still loving it. I feel like I said that last time. I don't know. But what have I been listening to? You were listening to loads of Spanish music the other day. Before yeah, before my exam. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I've been listening to a lot of Spanish music this week, uh, last week even. Actually, I was listening to Spanish music this morning, maybe because I felt a void, because Aww. I'm not doing it anymore. Oh, so we did it. Look at this. Um, I was just trying so hard not to be like, shadow and bone, shadow and bone. I am, oh, I love it. Basically, just to forward, don't give us all the spoilers, because we've, I've got two episodes left, and you've yeah. got what, one? I've got one and a bit. So, yeah. If you've not seen it, I don't know, because this is like kind of you should listen to this if you have seen it. But then also we're not talking about all of it. But yeah. we'll give you, if you've not seen it, then just skip ahead 15 minutes and hopefully there won't be a spoiler. It'll just be us going like, oh my God, Shadow and Bone. And you'll be like, oh, oh they're God, not done yet. Done. <laughs> so we'll probably be done after like 20 minutes. I don't even know. We're just so excited about this. But. We'll give a little plot summary for this one. Okay. Just because if you've not seen it, I really recommend, so we'll tell you what it's about. Yeah. So, it's a <laughs> fantasy thing uh, based off of books, and it's different series, right, put together. Yeah, I think so. And books like the Grishaverse or something. But it's yeah. these magical beings and not magical beings, and they don't really get on, and there's this big, fold, this dark shadowy huge mass. shadow thing and you can't cross it otherwise you'll basically die because there's these like yeah scary creatures well, they're called, like, Vol- yeah the volcra Vol- i don't know inside yeah the fold. so you can't get across it and there's this really dark magic guy who set it up ages ago and then apparently someone called the sun summoner yeah who their magic is to bring light they can destroy this fold but it's a myth and then she gets discovered in episode one so yeah. it's just about it's about different magical worlds. So in some kind of like Russia place. It's it does have those kind yeah. of vibes to it. I think that's what she's based this fictional yeah. world off, which is quite yeah. refreshing that it's not mm. America. Yeah. But then that also kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> there's war happening. Yeah, because there's like dying. a big kind of civil war kind of thing. Yeah. Because of course the country's separated by this fold. Mm. and got the guy who's like he was in did you ever watch Dickensian? yeah you know Merriweather I cannot remember who the was one who, who let um, me google it I'm pretty sure that's him in Shadow and Bone Merriweather he was the one who was tricking Mrs. Havisham before she was Mrs. Havisham and Merriweather is the one who tries to oh. trick her out of her fortune oh my god that's the guy with and it, Nina no, not the guy with Nina. That's another guy. That's what? the guy who's like the first army or second, the general who's trying to start the revolution. Is he? Unless I got it wrong. Basically, oh. this is just a really convoluted bit that probably. Don't you think he looks like that other guy though? Oh, I'm gonna knock things off my. You mean desk. you mean the this guy who's chaotic. with Nina? Or... Yeah, yeah. 
Kind of, but I'm I don't, I'm gonna have to. No, I think you're right, but I I'm just saying that. I think but yeah, he like, does. Oh yeah, <laughs> we don't even know what it's about. This is a really hard one to explain because it's a whole new world. That's what I quite like though. Is it's so different. It's like the Mortal Instruments slash yeah. the Hunger Games slash a lot of things. Yeah, slash all the things. I don't know. It's very unique. Even it's yeah, it's a whole new fantasy world. Oh, maybe it's not him. I can't see him in the cast list. Oh. Okay, it just looks like him. Oh, so there's a lot of people, of looks like a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, oh, but basically, the reason she doesn't know that she was the sun summoner is because oh, yeah. she, when they're children, all of all of tested to see whether they have, like, the Grisha magical abilities. And her best friend, Mal, mm. he was injured, so he couldn't be tested mm. because the test has something to do with registering pain mm. or something. And she doesn't want to be separated from him, so therefore she cuts her hand in order to already be feeling pain when she has the test done mm. so that she doesn't have to be separated but she doesn't know that she yeah. was powerful but it focuses on Alina who is the sun summoner yes. and Mal her best friend who's in the army and and then the, goes to try yeah. and save her when she's taken to the little palace yeah and General Kerrigan is in charge of I don't know he's kind I of think he's in charge of everything. Who's he in charge of? He's not the king, but he's basically just in charge of everyone, everywhere. It seems I don't even know. Because I think the king is more of just like a figurehead. Yeah, and he he takes Alina under his wing in yeah. a way, and I think and tries to teach her because he yeah. tells her that together they can be the ones to destroy the fold. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Wow. Big spoiler alert. No, hang on, wait. Oh. Well, so this is where you stop listening if you've not seen it. Yes. And now we shall continue. And then I you listen back in maybe 15 minutes time <laughs> when we stop talking yes. about it. But big spoiler alert, turns out General Kirrigan, Ben Barnes himself, <gasps> is the Darkling who created the fold in the first place. Oh my god. Oh. So basically... He was lying to. But he's the evil Alina. one. He's the evil one who's like centuries old. Yeah. But still looks flawless. They never explained yeah. how that worked. We've not finished it. We're pretty no. close. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> so far, I there's things that I don't understand. I think because I'm new to this whole world and because I've not read the books. Yeah. And there's a few times where I'm left being like, oh, they kind of only gave. They didn't really explain mm. some things. And is that just because you would know if you read the books or... Yeah, because it took me maybe a couple of episodes to get into it because there was yeah. so much that they were saying that I was just like, I've got no idea what's going on. Yeah. Who who are the good people? Who are the bad exactly. people? What's happening? Yeah, definitely the first episode I didn't like it just because there's so much new information yeah. and all the laws of this new world and who yeah. is who, Well, which is fair enough. But then after that, then I got more into the swing of it. And now yeah. I feel like I know more. But I'm still trying to understand. Yeah. Like I don't. So why is he immortal? I don't know. I have no idea. And because oh, I don't know. And also, how is his mum still alive? Yeah. Because his mum is the one who he sent Alina to to help train her power. But why did he send her? So, yeah, his did mom? he know that his mum well, was going to each other? After because she ran away, it was they? his mum that told Alina the truth yeah. and made her run away. So did he know that she would do <gasps> that or not? Did she do it on purpose? No, that no, no, no. no that wouldn't work. Mm. That is a fair point though, because so why would he trust his mum? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really understand her. Maybe we need to just spend our summer reading. Yeah, <laughs> maybe so we should. We yeah, I don't know. 
There's, there are other things that at the time I didn't really understand, but um, I don't really know anymore because I kind of just like, I was like, okay, <laughs> go with the flow. Yeah, Maybe, I think you kind yeah. of have to. I know. Yeah, I guess there just is so much in the books that can't quite be covered. So. Yeah, and because, of course, they, along with the Shadow and Bone series, mm. they've mixed in the Six of Crows. I mm-hmm. think there's like two of them. Yeah. But it's, it's, we've not even really touched on that as part of the plot summary. But no. It's really cool how they all intertwine. I don't do they in the books? I honestly have no. Oh, it's idea. all the same. It's the same setting. Yeah. But of course, three of them from the Crow Club. I think mm-hmm. That's the right thing. They're trying to find Alina to yeah. get the million Money. Kruger. Yeah. For her, so they like cross the fold mm-hmm. in order to find her. Yeah. Mm. And then there's also because wasn't there a third set of books? And if it was another two. I don't know what that one is. And that's where Nina comes in and the guy who thought she was a witch. Yeah. And they've got their own story in this now. So they've, so... they've mixed three different series or set in the same universe together. Yeah. Which but, is kind yeah. of cool, but a lot when I'm not sure what's going on half the time. Yeah. And I think I do, and then it all changes. I think this is surely one for people who love the book. Oh, definitely. Or the books. And... I can imagine watching it, it would be really exciting. Well, I don't know, maybe slightly annoying the changing yeah. it. But I but... think I've only heard good, from like the things that I've seen from people mm. who've read them, everyone's raving about be, the yeah. series and they like all like the tiny little details that they've kept in from mm. the books. It just must be exciting to see all the different books crossing over yeah. and thing. I think I'd be pretty gassed, no matter how badly they did it, to see that. Oh, yeah, If I'd read them, so we are going to have to read them and see how they match up. But one thing that they did change that I would like to start off with... Ooh. I say start off with, and we're 20 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> but, so I was Googling about Kirigan's relationship with Alina, just was I wonder what other people thought about it, because mm-hmm. I, I love it. To be fair. It was very... Yeah. And I was like, ooh, what do people make of this? Let's see the reviews. And so apparently in the books, Kerrigan was the one who made the first move on Alina. And they changed it for the show. But it was her. Yeah. Because they don't want it to be like it's an older man taking advantage of his young protégé. I get that. So they wanted to make it more so that it was her choice that she initiated it. So I thought that was pretty cool that they changed it. No, that is good. It had been the other way around. There would have been so much back. That is very complicated and problematic. But the fact that she initiated it, so I don't. I thought that was a really wise change to make. And I, I still Loki ship them. I know. I know he's evil. Thing is, though, Carrie and I were saying this earlier. There was in episode five. That's like big episode when of course if you're listening to this you either have seen it already <laughs> or, you're like, or you don't just mind find out that it's being that spoiled mm-hmm. but that's when she finds out that's when they actually kiss and then mm. she finds out that he's evil and then she runs away we were saying there should have been like an extra episode yeah. in there either showing them being together for a bit more so that you felt mm. a bit more of like i don't know whatever she felt when she realized that he was actually really evil to mm-hmm. like build up all those emotions yeah or we even suggested yeah. maybe we're just rewriting the whole yeah. book. <laughs> People are like, no, don't change the books. Don't hate us. But we were like, oh, what if his mum told her that he was the darkling, but then she kind of played along with it for a mm. little bit without him knowing yeah. that she knew. 
and then ran away. But then I guess it does make sense that she just ran straight yeah. away. I know it's all very. We were saying earlier, it's like boom, 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 like such a it's fast, so fast pace. pace. And Georgina pointed out that there's only eight episodes, but I think that well, we suggest maybe ten episodes. Yeah. They could have stretched it out more, just because say I feel like there's a love triangle in that it's her and Mal. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Kerrigan who kept all the letters yeah. that she was meant to be sending and he was sending Oh, actually, in. wait. Was that, was it, oh, was that, that in episode seven? I like, just told you. Oh, no, don't worry, because oh, I guessed that anyway. Okay, because I, I, I don't think I clocked on. I just thought that they were in completely different places how they're going to get the letters anyway, so I didn't really beep it. <laughs> and, I think I was like, uh, when I started to get an idea that Kerrigan was like a bit off, uh, I was like, I bet it was him. And the way he acted with Mal yeah. when he was asking him about the stag, I was like, he knows he's competition. Yeah. But he, he doesn't want that. <gasps> oh. So, no, but because yeah. that's the love triangle. And so quickly, Kirigan just becomes the villain. Mm. Well, even from the start, you know he's evil. Yeah, he's got the whole... And then there's the bit of, well, he's that bad boy. He's like, oh, go on, Alina. <laughs> but then, I don't know. See, the whole time, you know he's no good. But they're just, you could do see a backstory of her and Mal, but I feel like they could have even more, just because I just wanted to stretch out the relationship so you can be like, I'm team Mal, I'm yeah, like I'm Kira Gunn, I'm Sandra, whatever. Team Edward, yeah. team Jacob. But please, can they just eke it out a bit more? Because she literally kissed Kira Gunn and yeah. then found out he was evil, and that and was that. Ran off, and now she's, well, the I'm point more... I'm at anyway, she was mm. in the woods with Mal, and they're just about yeah. to go find the stag and... Kerrigan's just realised that, oh my god, they're going to go find stag. Yeah. So, and now it seems like there's so many moments when Mal and Alina are about to kiss. They did have a lot about their childhood. I know that her relationship with Kerrigan was over as soon as it started. And I really want more of that. Yeah. No, I'm totally with you because it was like them together against everyone else in the Mm. little palace. And it was like, yeah. he was like, oh, it's all right. I'll make sure you're doing all right and get mm. you through all of this and be by your side all the time. I can't remember what that line is that mm. he says to her that everyone was like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. I can't think of it. Yeah. Basically, we just want to see more of Ben Barnes' face. Literally. This is the thing. Before this, the things I saw Ben Barnes in, I didn't really... Mm. His characters, I didn't warm to. And I was like, nothing against him personally, but I was like, And then him in this... I was like, wow, <laughs> I love you. No, I'm the same, because I, like, I semi-liked him in Prince Caspian. Oh, yeah. In Dorian, I didn't think he was attractive enough to be Dorian. Say that for I do not. Piece. I do not see him as Dorian. I'm not saying okay, he was I'm glad bad, I'm not the only one. I yeah. don't think he was a bad actor. Yeah. I just, I don't know that I would have cast him. It's just not how no, I pictured same. him. Same, that's what I mean by that. He's not Dorian. In no. My but him in this, I know This was perfect casting. It's reawoken me. something from when I saw him in Narnia. Yeah. And then I also saw a couple of videos of him singing Carrie Sent Me One. And oh, my God. oh my God. Oh my God. No, because <laughs> I was talking with Georgina about the show before I started watching it. And I just said that I'm not the biggest fan of Ben Barnes. Mm. No, I didn't. Again, it's nothing to do with him as an actor, yeah. as a person. And she was just raving about him and she oh does it make a difference that he sings and I was like nah <laughs> and then I started watching I was like oh my god Ben Barnes and then I found I, I think it was a video of him doing Blackbird and yeah. I said to Ella and I was like oh wow okay <laughs> I get all the hype and then I maybe sent you one of him singing oh I think it was somebody to love yeah oh, oh 
So good, basically. Yeah. We're now Ben Barnes stands. It was because I recently saw him in Gold Digger. Mm. And I feel like, spoiler alert, in the end, he was actually okay. But the whole time you thought that he was evil. And he was just really shady. <laughs> and so I just had that connection in yeah. my head and I was a bit... Mm. Mm. Um, and also, fun fact, which I already told Ella, Mal... Archie Renault. He was with Ben Bond in Gold Digger and he was essentially enemies with him in that as well. So it's pretty cool to see them now in this together. Yeah. Yeah, I I love him in this also. Good cast overall. Yeah, really good cast. And I also I think one of my favourites is is it Jesper? Oh I Jesper Jasper. Is it I don't know how does he say it? How does he say it? Because I when I I don't even listen to it because I'm basically a bit deaf. I just know. I just always read subtitles. I think it says in subtitles Jesper, but I feel weird saying that. Yeah. I, I don't know whether I think that seems. I don't like, know whether they say Jesper or Jasper. Him. That He's sounds cool. like a South African way to say Jasper, like Jasper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's funny in it. I'm not. I haven't warmed as much to the rest of the Crow Club. What about what's his face with his guns? He's pretty jazzy with his like he does all his swingy gun things. This is I'm the trying main to, guy like... in the Crow Club. That's not Jasper. Yeah. Don't really like him. But yeah. then I I think so much of this is not having read the books. Can't I yeah. feel like I don't know. This isn't my place to comment. So I've not really mm. warmed to him. It's hard to yeah. warm to them in for only watching seven episodes. Yeah, exactly. I feel like this could definitely have been a twenty-four episode series. Kind oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Gone, gone are the days though of twenty-four. Why is it not series? a thing anymore? Like, you know that Winx thing? Is that what it's even called? How much in ages? So we yeah, spoke yeah. about it so long ago. That was only eight episodes. Now it's still going to have eight episode series. And I will drag them out to 24 episodes. I mean, because you can watch eight episodes in one weekend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Please. At least with 24 episodes, you know, it takes you maybe a week. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's over so fast. And it's like, oh. Yeah different era of yeah. television although i suppose though when you think about how a movie is the length of two or three episodes yeah so i guess so we, we're getting a few we're getting movies like three films <laughs> yeah so i guess it's not that bad am i allowed to make a, a really strange segue into something oh, else just really quickly i'm intrigued yeah okay <laughs> because you mentioned um films yeah and then series and i was thinking oh I saw an advert for a new BBC three-part oh, series okay. coming out some point this month, I think, with Lily James in it. <gasps> Our fave. So, and it, I've never heard of it be- before, oh. but it's called The Pursuit of Love, and it's a th- three-episode BBC thing that's coming on soon, and it looks pretty good. I think it's based on, like, a 1945 book, but... <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you why it's familiar, because I saw it on her Instagram, I think. Ah. And oh, it's got people like Dominic West such a good and cast. loads of other like really good people in yeah, it. Yeah, and Goose Scott is in it. Yeah. And it looks really fun, so I'm excited to watch that when it oh. comes on BBC. Oh, I'll watch that. So that was, episode. that was a massive segue yeah. from Shadow and Bone, but I was just thinking yeah. about like limited series yeah. things. Oh, it'll be good to come back to mm. talking about Shadow and Bone anyway once we've finished it. Yes. And maybe we should wait until we've both finished it and read some of it. Yeah. So then we so then it'll be yeah. less of us going, Oh, I don't really know what's going yeah. on but there's this big shadowy thing with yeah. monsters inside it. 
Yeah, it's interesting watching it now because this is so the kind of thing that we would have just absolutely loved to death when we were 13, 14. Definitely. As is so Divergent Shadowhunters. Yes. Because I think these like books that. must have come out after yeah, those sort of... Cause yeah, after I remember being aware of them. Definitely I, the name Six of Crows. I yeah. Know, I know that. That rings a bell. But I think it must have come out a few years after we'd had our phase of dystopian fiction. Yeah. So that we were then not reading as much yeah. that sort of stuff but we would have I, w- I would have yeah. loved it like I can just imagine no. Aaron and I yeah. reading all of them and just chatting about them all the time literally so it's interesting watching them now in that I'm less in that phase it's less my thing yeah so it feels like I'm going back to my early teenage years watching it yeah but I still like them I like that it does feel quite different to other things mm. that I read like the early ones that we mentioned yeah so I do like that it's not too poppycat-ish no it's which is pretty good because I guess it would kind of get to the point where everyone was kind of doing the same things yeah dystopian fiction yeah Mm. and then there's still similarities yeah but I think there always will be yeah it's impossible not to so uh, yeah I really like it I feel like it's a more grown-up version in a way of some of the stuff that we did used to watch yeah yeah so I am enjoying it do we move on to Another thing from our what we've been consuming. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to go straight on to Rocket Man because we could talk about that for ages. Yeah. So I feel like we should leave that. Okay. Do you want to fill us in on the Midnight Library? Oh, okay, okay. So I read the Midnight Library, which is Matt Haig's newest book, which came out last year. Maybe late last year, perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> we say that knowing that there's a copy yeah. right here on Kerry's bedside table. Okay, is this 2020? Oh, this is not saying the month. Oh, never mind. No. Basically, so it came out last year. I bought it as an impulse buy when I was buying something else on Amazon. And I just happened to accidentally add it to my basket. Accidentally. <laughs> um, so I brought it with me. And I picked it up the other week because I wanted something to read that wasn't 18th century literature. And I read it in about two, three days. Oh, speedy. So I would just kind of like just sit down for an hour and a half, just read it. Because it's only, what, 300 pages or so. I think it's about 280. Oh, yeah, 280. So it's really good. So it's basically about this girl called Nora. And she hasn't really got the best life. She's not really in the best place mentally either. Trigger warning. She attempts to kill herself. She wakes up in like this library with her old librarian there. And she gets told that the library is full of all of the books on the shelves of different lives that she could have had. So in this library, she gets to pick a book and live a different life and then if she decides that that's the life that she feels really comfortable in she'll stay in it but as soon as she starts to feel i hope i'm not spoiling anything for you no well it depends how far are you going i'm, go? I'm not going to go much well much this further. is i already know this from yeah reading about it wanting to buy it and i was going to say the, the um, next bit i was just going to say is as soon as she starts to feel disappointment or whatever in that life she'll then be transported back to the library so basically it's just her she gets to explore all these different lives she could have led yeah which is really cool because it makes mm. you question it's yeah. very much like sliding doors but like on an extreme oh, level okay yeah where it's like if you made one tiny different mistake you could have had an entirely different life yeah. and then in in this library every single book is like different so in like one of the lives it's like oh what if i did become an olympian mm. what if i did get married rather than not get married what if i didn't give piano lessons or didn't take mm. that job somewhere yeah so it's very cool yeah. and it's also a very 
very heartwarming at the end as well. Mm. So it's really nice. Okay, that's good. It ends nicely. Oh, so I'm glad. Which is yeah. really, really nice. I have read literally nothing. I, I've read 30 pages. So <laughs> I read up to the librarian has just met her and was like, you can go through your past lives. I mean, your future. Well, your lives your that never happened. Lives, your possible yeah. even. So that's where I'm at. And I was hooked from the first page. Normally, yeah. it takes me so long to get into a book. Even my absolute favourites, I don't... I'm not a huge fan at the start. But from the get-go, I just wanted yeah. to read it. And I only stopped because I was going to fall asleep. But yeah, I could easily tomorrow just sit and read all that, except I shouldn't. <laughs> but my next free day, I'm just going to sit and read it all. But no, it is really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I was drawn to it by, I, I don't know where I saw it online, I kept seeing it pop up, mm. and I knew about it, basically everything that you said in the synopsis, yeah. and I was like, that's so cool, the whole concept of, what would it be like if you did live these different lives? I know, and it made, made me, like, choice? wonder, it's like, oh, well, what if, of course it makes you wonder about the big choices, but also the little mm. choices as well, it's like, yeah. Well, what if I didn't eat that for dinner yesterday? How different would my life yeah, be? Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Also, the big things like, oh, what if I'd made that big life choice mm, yeah. rather than this one? Mm, I mean, my prediction is that she realises that she would have been like, all the different lives anyway. And in the end, she's like, actually, do you know what? My life's fine right now. And then she either dies peacefully or she comes back to life and she carries on and she's all right with everything mm. that's just my prediction i, I imagine <laughs> that she'll come back to life because at this point it seems a bit strange that she just would die after all that but well, yeah the thing is, if she finds a life in one of the books that like she begins to feel is her own she'll mm. then start forgetting about the midnight library and then live out that life what, uh-huh. like, in an alternate universe or have yeah. or what? Yeah, in, in an alternate universe, because the books, in a way, are kind of like... Oh. I guess you could say they're, like, portals so she can So she can... So when universes. you die, the theory is you can go... You can go and, and live, live a different again. life. Yeah. Which is a really cool theory. But That's... do they... Just... Okay. All right. They know it's not their like, real life at the beginning. Mm-mm. But then, as they go on, if they realise that that's the life they want to live yeah then they start to forget about them in that library oh okay yeah i'd love to read this book but i told someone else like i if i told matt hey hey these are bigger things i wonder if i did this how would it have worked out and then like him to go away and rewrite his book based <laughs> for that it would yeah it would be really cool actually yeah i wonder i'm so intrigued to see how it pans out if all the lives are just boring or not i'm super intrigued maybe this inspired me to um, to write a copycat book just for myself not for anyone else yeah and go through and work out okay so if i did this would but then it's hard because you just imagine oh wish i did this and it, this would have happened but it wouldn't necessarily have. yeah i would definitely recommend it to everyone it's easy to read yes yeah, so but easy like, to read not really in a bad well way. written yeah like, not like a holiday fiction like yeah oh you don't have to pay much attention to it yeah, it's substantial, it's thought-provoking, yeah. but it's not... They don't make it an effort for you to read it. Yeah. And I think that's so underrated. I feel like mm-hmm. so many of the classic books are super heavy, 
Or and it I'm takes not, you like yeah. half a book to get into the book. And I'm not dismissing them because they're classics mm. for a reason, most of them. And, you know, we study them <laughs> for a degree. But, yeah, and it takes you so long to get into it. And it's an effort to read some of them. And I just think reading shouldn't always be an effort. No. You should be able to just enjoy books. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's not as if it's simple. It's just enjoyable. And yeah. It, it's, the language is still really pretty. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'll fold a corner page that I really liked how he wrote it. And, oh, it said there was an old musician's cliche about how there were no wrong notes on a piano, but her life was a cacophony of nonsense, a piece that could have gone in wonderful directions but now went nowhere at all. I just love that. It is, it's kind of, I hate the word simple, but... No, yeah, it's, it's just really nice. not hard work and still yeah. beautiful. And it's, it's, I just love, why can't everything be easy to read? <laughs> you can still use big words or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it's just not pretentious at all. It's just intriguing. Yeah, it's really good. He's a really good author. I've read one of his other books. I really enjoyed it. So. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I like that it's not a huge tome because, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not saying I won't ever read a huge book. And there must be a lot well, of really good books. Thing. When there's a huge book, I think, could you not make that into a series? And yeah. I would read it ten times faster if it was a big book split into three. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, oh, I've got to read the next part now. Then it's just this one big book. Cause it yeah. just, when you look at it, it feels like an effort. And I'm sorry, big books, but I just no. I do not want to read you. Big books are scary. And then a lot of the time with big books, it feels like they drag it out for the sake of it being a big book. There's a lot that I think I could cut out. Yeah. I've basically all the long books I've read. Basically most of Lamis. Literally, I don't understand. Okay, why is there a 50-page description of a battle? Why do you need 50 pages? Why can't you do it in two? I'm not Ooh. a fan of, like, Re- long battle no. scenes. Reading Lamis, I thought, mm-mm, sorry. <laughs> I'm impressed with uh, you who've read it. There's a lot that... I don't know, because there's a lot of value in the description. You think, oh, that's really beautiful language. But, oh, come on, I just... When I read, I want to be entertained. And I think the best authors can entertain you and have this beautiful writing mm. and make a statement at the same time. I don't think you have to pick one or the other. Like, yeah. Oh, it's, you know, it's all symbolic for this. No. Like, yeah. You've got to engage people. If you want to make a point, you know, make it engaging. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so on It's obviously a great story, but that book, oh, my God. <laughs> Really, please, could you let me edit it? <laughs> please, Victor Hugo, let her edit it. Please. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I mean, I guess a lot of people would not like that. Sorry. But, but I, I can say no. that with the awareness of we are English students. So, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's a lovely segue. Oh, oh, yeah. Into, we're, we're not going to Rocketman yet. Oh, we're, now, we're now segueing to one of our favourite books, which also happens to be a work of classical literature, yes, as does. such, which is the one and only Picture of Dorian Gray, Ooh. which I can't believe we've never spoken about before. I know. Because well, we love it. I think it could easily be, especially amongst young people, the most loved classic book. I, I get the think. vibe that so many people our age really love Dorian Gray. Yeah. And I don't know what it is about it specifically because I know that Oscar Wilde's a legend. <laughs> Oscar Wilde is a legend. And I think people nowadays are realising how much of a legend yeah. he was I and how like, great his writing is. Yeah, he's very hip in pop culture. Yeah. But basically we're a big fan. 
Yeah. So are lots of other people <laughs> yeah. in this day and age. But my entire A level class, none of them liked it. Really? I don't remember Apart you telling me me, none of them liked it. Well I think I'm Aaron so like maybe did. But like a lot of them there was only like eight of us in the class. Uh-huh. But they didn't like it. Why? And I was just there like, being like, Oh my god, this is amazing, this is brilliant, look at all this like beautiful language yeah. and all the lovely descriptions and everything and they were just like bored by it. Really? Yeah. I would say the first half of the book and the second half are absolute contrast. Yes. And I can get where maybe they'd be bored in the first half mm-hmm. because I can read the second half like that and the first half is a bit more work. Yeah, because I think the second half is so much more fast paced. Yeah. Like everything just seems to be happening. And in the first half, it's a lot more, I think, flowery and mm. kind of just getting you, but you acquainted can't... with everyone. You can't have that second half without the first half saying that, though, is the thing. Yeah, the first half does set up the second a lot. But it does help that, so we have, well, my final exam and it's penultimate exam for this year on Saturday, uh, and we are going to be writing about Dorian Gray. Yeah. So it is handy to chat about it now. (laughs) And we've been doing lots of secondary reading about Oscar Wilde and... (gasps) Oh no, I downloaded one essay today, that was my start. (laughs) Sorry, that. Oh, no, yeah, but as Ella said, she did A level. I did it for A level for my coursework, so we love it a lot. I mean, not just because of that, but you know, we feel like we know it fairly well. Yeah, I actually read it the summer before I started A levels, oh. like before I knew it was on our A level mm-hmm. course. We were just so happy that we could do it at uni. I know. Because when I looked at what was on the course, well, I actually I loved it all of it in yeah. the end. But originally when I saw it, I thought, I didn't want to do that, but we didn't have a choice. So I was so happy that we got to do that as a last yeah. one there. But then I really enjoyed it all anyway, so I don't know why I was... Yeah, me too. Like, like I really enjoyed the short stories. Yeah. They were really good. We did to draw, probably saying that wrong, in Kipling. Yeah. Um, obviously Kipling's problematic, but yeah. to draw stories, I love them. So Those beautiful. are really good. Yeah, I Written so well. And we really like North and South. Yes, which is a big book. Yeah, well, it's not humongous. Yeah, it did like take pages. a bit. It did take quite a lot of effort, but I got used to it eventually. And, mm. and at the end, I was just flying. It was going. Yeah. But this is the thing that I love about Dorian. One, one of many things is so short. How long is it's it? It's literally like two hundred pages. Yeah, it's literally. I reckon it's like two ten. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, not that anyone needs a confirmation from me. Because I think when it was first published in the magazine, it was only about 100 pages. Mm. And then when he went to publish it as an actual book, he then added a load more stuff to it. Yeah, it is about 210. But, like, it's Um, such an easy-to-read length book. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to separate, like, an entire week. No, it would be 30 pages a night, wouldn't it? What's that? Yeah. Depends how quick you read, not more than an hour. So, mm. so read it in a week. Big fans would yes. recommend it to anyone. And I think you can't even tell a lot of the time that it was written, like, in 1890. Yeah, I know. Of course, there are... I think 1891 yeah, uh, came out It came out as, as like, the, the edition that we, that we know. Yeah. Because there was an edition before that. In 1890. Yeah, and then there was a different edition that was published in the magazine. Basically, mm. we're now just sounding really nerdy because we know all the... <laughs> <laughs> this is all we've been publishing history yeah. for it. Um, yeah. Mm. But mm. basically, every sentence is just beautiful mm-hmm. and so well written. Oh, is that? Do you think anyone will listen that doesn't know it? 
Well, my mum might listen, and I don't know if she remembers what it's about. So I'll just really briefly, because I think a lot of people know. Dorian is supposedly innocent and lovely, and he meets Harry, oh Lord Henry Wotton, and he essentially corrupts him and says that being beautiful and young is the most important thing. So Dorian decides to kind of sell his soul to the devil. So it's kind of got Dr. Faust vibes to it. Yeah, uh, to stay beautiful and young forever. So he just becomes pure evil and just he has the time of his life commits a lot of sins yeah he stays looking yeah. young and beautiful his picture gets really gruesome and horrible oh yeah so because basil yeah. painted a picture of him because the picture becomes his soul because basil's yeah. obviously like another one of the main people in it the painter and every time he does something horrible the picture goes horrible and disgusting and it's proper gross at the end. And, yeah. and then Dorian stabs the... Oh, no, wait. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, this is what that. In the end, Dorian is just really evil. And he stabs the painting. And then he stabs himself, essentially, yeah. through that. And he dies. And turns into the shriveled, gross yeah, man. The really old man he should have been. Yeah. Yeah. But I think he does attempt some form well, of this redemption is inter- yeah the ending the is really interesting isn't it the whole when he's in the country yeah and because he goes and he decides to leave this girl hetty and decide not to corrupt her as such and instead leaves her untouched and it mm-hmm. goes back and he's like oh i need to get rid of the painting because the painting is all the bad parts of me so is that his so, so you read attempts- that as his attempt when he kills himself he's his actually trying to yeah I think a lot of the critics and things were kind of more glad that he died at the end because otherwise like that would have a lesson. Or yeah, that would have been Oscar Wilde going, mm. "Oh, it's all right to be corrupt and mm. horrible." But then there's the question of whether there actually is a moral to it. Anyway, yeah, because that's, that's something that I made an extra Kate Hex, who's world expert. Yeah, I think probably is. Probably. Yeah, she's a legend. Um, on everything Oscar Wilde. I remember in our lecture she was saying about that. Is that supposed to be immoral? And that's something I still don't know. Because there's the whole, the preface is basically him going, art is so beautiful, art has no meaning, art is just art. Yeah, so is that the whole point? a beautiful piece of art. Yeah. And the book is a beautiful piece of art. Yeah, that's what I lean more towards, but I just feel like you never know with Wilde. But I like that you can enjoy it just for a story's sake. And there's so much more going on underneath with Wilde because he is, I feel like everything has another meaning. Yeah. But I love, I love that you can just enjoy the story and then yeah, you don't if you have want to, to you can analyse like, what does he mean? And maybe, yeah. as you say, I feel like with Wild a lot of it is aesthetic. Yeah. Because he's a whole like, art for art's sake, life imitates art. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like with this, it's more about, here's the art mm. and then boom, it's gone. Yeah. Dorian is. So, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to write that in, in my exam. <laughs> that should be your essay, it's just that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Here's our boom, it's gone, oh, give I me just... a first, Jason. Yes, please. Yeah. I just find the characters all super, super interesting. There's not a character in there that I don't like. Well, apart from the ones that you wouldn't remember by name, or the, when, you know, they go to these dinners and yeah. there's lady so-and-so in... Harry's super bored of them. Yeah. But, you know, all the mains. But that, I feel like that's just Oscar Wilde just showing off that he yeah. could write those, like, comedy style things. Yeah, exactly. Of course, he was most well known for his plays that were mm-hmm. comedies. Oh, we should do an Oscar Wilde episode talk about his plays. Oh, I haven't actually read much of his stuff <gasps> at all. I had a massive phase after I read Dorian and I just, I had a thing of his plays and read them. 
and yeah i really like most of them some of them i was like oh there you go again <laughs> but the importance of being earnest is iconic mm-hmm. and i love the movie of that and i love that colin firth was it wasn't it yeah he was in that yeah no, he was, was he in not Dorian. no this is the thing i think he was in both i'm pretty sure it's him and ruth everett i know i've not seen it in ages that were in the movie of that and then obviously he was Henry in Dorian, Dorian film. So that was pretty cool. Which Ben Barnes was Dorian. Yes. Can I talk about oh the film in the exam? I'll be like, oh, it's really cool how you know, they played on this part of Dorian's <laughs> aspect in the film, in, in Ben Barnes's portrayal. I'm not sure how Jason would feel about that. <laughs> oh, we'll work it in somehow. Please. Oh. I don't know. Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll see. That's Modern, my revision watching yeah. Ben Barnes. Modern interpretation. Yeah. Of Dorian Gray. Oh, I just love. Because we were saying, weren't we, we really want to write an exam something to do with identity. Yeah, identity because there's mainly. so much you can say. Yeah, right? it's super, super interesting. I Because I don't think it's just about Dorian is all innocent, lovely, mm. and then boom, complete yeah. opposite. It's interesting about who's to blame, if you want to talk about yeah. blaming someone for him becoming like that. Is it Harry? Is it just Dorian? Like, he would have done that anyway. Um, I don't know. I yeah, it think, is interesting to think. Yeah. He's such an intriguing character mm. in that with the whole redemption at the end and also with his love for Sybil, that's an interesting one. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know, because he's such a thinker. This is the <laughs> no, worst no, analysis is. ever. But I just like that he's very judicious. Mm. And I think it's super interesting that he doesn't go from naive to all-knowing or anything or like good to bad there's a lot about how bad life is in yeah. general it's not just him i think you see that more as well and especially like he's obviously getting older and seeing more things and being like oh my god yeah, so it's, it's just, very oh. much a social commentary yeah well. i don't know how to put it but i just think dorian is so like there's so much about him that you can't help but i don't know you it, kind of you like can't help him. but be drawn in yeah him that's a good way to put it yeah. And I think that's the beauty of it. Mm. Yeah. Can we talk about Dorian and Basil? Because I want to write about Basil as well. Ne- never was. <laughs> Which I thought was, because as I said, I think I must have seen the movie first. And I thought, because in the movie, well, maybe I could write about this. <laughs> in the movie, they're much more explicit about Dorian and Basil, mm. which obviously well couldn't be at the time. And I think they actually make out. I don't really know. I can't remember. But yeah, and I'm sure there's like some some big like party they go to. Yeah. In the film that's very overtly sexual. Well, yeah, this is a thing as well because obviously you have to. Well, I had to show and not really tell. Yeah. And but when you have a movie, it's so much easier to just to show. do that to just be like. Whereas he had to just write like, oh, we went to these parties, and you can just in the movie just have a little. Oh, look, there's that party and not really go into it. Yeah. So I expected when I read the book, I was like, oh, I was looking for, out for all these signs about Basil Zora and I was like, oh. And then obviously, like, nothing really Cause it's so happens coded. as such. Yeah, and it's so intriguing that you could read it and just completely ignore it. I think it's because the movie yeah. brought it out that I was looking for it. But I mean, I was quite young at the time, so I feel like maybe if I read it now, I would automatically be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. do wonder what it would be like if I was to read it now maybe without knowing about it but knowing more about other victorian literature and all those like yeah coded aspects whether i would pick up on it mm. on like, a first read myself or whether i just know yeah. that now because i've studied it yeah so much over the past mm. two three years yeah i mean there is this one line that jumped out at me and i was like oh my god 
and I don't know where it is in here, but Basil said something about drawing was in every line, like all the colours. Yes, the end of that's the, shape. the bit where he tries to, in a way, the closest he gets to professing his love for yeah. him, he's like basically saying, "You are my everything. Yeah, you're in everything I I paint and create now." And he yes. even says that to Harry at the beginning. Yeah, he he's does. like, "I've never painted it. better mm. than." now that I know Dorian and that he's got his influence in his life and there's too much of him in the painting that's why he can't show it to anyone and that's why Dorian ends up having it yeah in his house yeah yeah do you know what I love as well is that um in what is it being blinded slightly I don't mind I quite enjoy the song you know (laughs) in I think it's doom days and yeah isn't that song and Bastille say oh how does it go something like there must be a portrait in the attic I don't know Maybe. And I was like, oh my god, that's so cool. Sorry, I don't know why, that just came into my head and I wanted to share. <laughs> no, but it's, it's one of those things where there's elements of it of people being like, oh yeah, I'm selling so my soul to the devil to stay young forever and having like a, your hidden sins in mm-hmm. the attic. Cause that's yeah, it's become such a... In the book, it's such a... Yeah. What would you call it? I don't even know. It's become such Pop a thing, guys. reference? Yeah. Like a, yeah. I don't know what you call it. No, that's true. Become a thing. Thing. Do we have time to talk about Rocket Man? Because oh, to be fair, maybe not. Do you know what we could do? Because we're gonna rewatch Bow Rap. We could do Rocket Man and Bow Rap. Episode. I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, yeah. Wow, we've literally just been chatting about like loads of things for a long time. <laughs> uh, oh my god. Okay, right. Let Let's do bomb moments. Oh Jesus, bomb <gasps> moments. Oh my god, they make people bomb people. Oh, this is really intense. <laughs> this is really intense. I don't like this. Oh my Normally god. I have a little I'm bit of time. Give it to someone substantial. I just give it to actors because I always watch them and I'm like, oh my god, I love it. Okay, I think I know who I might give it to. Because I've been watching mm-hmm. Gilmore Girls. In Gilmore Girls, there's a character called Paris mm-hmm. who is played by Lisa Wheel? Well, Wheel? I don't know. I don't know how to say her name. But she's also in How to Get Away with Murder, which is really good. But basically, in both, she's just an icon and an inspiration for academic excellence. Like, she literally just works so hard all the time. Okay, she's kind of annoying as Paris (laughs) in Gilmore Girls. Like, but I think it goes to her because she's a really good actress. And whatever I've seen her in, she plays really intelligent, but still, like, cool people. So I think it goes to her. Oh, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I just googled blonde celebrities female, and it's come up with basically actors. I'm gonna have to do research of more really cool women. Yeah, me too. Outside of actors, because that's just what I know. Um, I'll do that in future. But it did come up with who caught my attention? Oh, Meryl Streep, the <gasps> icon. Because I forgot last <gasps> night I watched Manhattan, which she's in, mm. which was crazy because she was 28 in it. I would guess. Oh and I've never seen, I've only seen her in things from mm, last 20-ish years. Yeah. So I was like, oh my god, look at young Meryl. <laughs> and she was amazing in it, as always. How can you not love Meryl? We do love Meryl. Big shout out to her. Like yeah. That. So I guess our next episode will be Bow Rap and Rocket Man. I'm yeah, assuming. which is very exciting. Yeah. And we hope you've enjoyed this more chatty, slightly all over the place <laughs> episode. Yes. But it's been fun. Yes, it has. Au revoir. Thanks for listening to Tea O'Clock with Keller. See you next time.